I just want to share like one simple thought with you guys tonight, and I'm actually going to illustrate it with a news story that, um, that I heard about a week or two ago that, um, that I just want to kind of look at something the Lord reminded me of. And um, so a couple weeks ago, I'm listening to, uh, it wasn't a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I, I was listening to this news story about um, this guy up north who was just having a really tough time decided that, um, that he was going to end his life. And now this gets like really deep really fast, okay? I promise it has an upturn, okay? Um, and he's just like, so it's like in this moment where he's just feeling the weight of life, you know? And like, here's what I know. It, at times like this, when a semester's wrapping up and you got a million things to do, the weight of life can kind of press in. And, and, and this dude, but there's a difference in like, you know, I might make a bad grade, like I'm having a bad day, having a bad week, having a bad semester, and then having a bad life, right? Like that's a whole nother jump, you know? That's like leap into like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about ending it all kind of thing, right? This guy has this, has this idea. I'm going to climb up on this overpass, okay, over an interstate, and I think that if I, that if I climb over the fence that, you know, is up there to keep guys like me out of, um, I'll climb over that, hang off the other side, and then I, I'm going to jump off the other side. Well, as he's climbing up there, people begin to notice, obviously. They call the police. They, you know, they send people out. The police negotiators go out, all this kind of stuff. They stop traffic on both lanes of the interstate, and, like, vehicles are just backing up just down both, both ways, right? Because he's, like, right in the middle of this interstate, and, um, and it's, like, it's like four lanes both ways. And, and, and so the police have all these guys stopped, and, and the negotiator's talking to the dude who's up on the side of the bridge. And... He's trying to talk him down, right? Trying to talk him off the bridge. Dude, don't do this, man. You know, you got great things to live for. And, you know, while he's talking to him, what the dude on the bridge doesn't realize is that there's a whole other set of cops who have partnered up with the local sheriff's team who is literally going down through the traffic that is backed up because of this dude. And, and they're getting all of the 18-wheelers that they can find to start driving up underneath this overpass that this dude is on. And this dude doesn't really know what's going on. He's just talking to the negotiator, right? But, but before he knows it, there are all of these 18-wheelers that have parked underneath this bridge. Look, we've got a picture of it up here. I'll show you the actual picture of what's going on. It's kind of blurry, okay? This was like a cell phone Twitter picture, okay? What you, what you don't rec- recognize right here is that um, all these 18-wheelers are lined up underneath this bridge, and that dude is actually up on top of the, like, hanging off the fence on top of that bridge. And... Um, all these truckers decide to get together, and these people just rally together to devise this plan to keep this dude from hurting himself. They all park underneath the bridge, so that if he jumps, he's only jumping like six feet instead of, you know, whatever it was all the way down. And so, of course, the, ne- the negotiator's now like, hey, dude, even if you jump, it's just a broken arm. You're just going to get hurt, right? Like, you should really come down. Of course, the dude comes down, happy ending, you know, all this stuff, uh, you know, everything's all hunky-dory now, right? Okay? Um, but as I was thinking about this, as I heard this story, I thought, <clears throat> isn't it kind of ironic that all of the trucks that are backed up in traffic <laughs> because of what this dude is doing, these are the guys that like rallied together to come and save this dude's life, right? Like they're the ones that actually come and park under the bridge and, and there's actually all this stuff going on behind the scenes where, where people are devising a plan to help this guy out and, and, and he didn't even realize that it was going on. I thought, how many times does God do that for us? Like, we get in this place where we're so focused on us or what's so fo- we're so focused on what's sitting right in front of us that 
We don't even realize what God is doing kind of behind the scenes to set up a bunch of 18-wheelers underneath the bridge that we feel like we're on, right? And so as I was thinking about this, I thought about this dude named Elijah in Scripture. He's an Old Testament prophet, and um, it, you should really go read the whole story about Elijah. But um, he is, he's kind of like, he's a hero in our faith, okay? So if you go to 1 Kings chapter 18, chapter 19, just right in there, there's several chapters in there about Elijah and then his, uh, his minion, Elisha. And um, these guys are like absolute heroes. If they were going to create an Avengers out of Old Testament characters, he would be one of them, okay? Like, this is that kind of dude, all right? He, he's legit. And so Elijah comes along, and Elijah is like the Old Testament prophet that is known for just being so out there and so faith-filled and like miracle-working dude. Like, he is just in-your-face kind of guy, right? He's, he's outspoken. He loves the Lord, even in a time when a lot of people didn't. He's very outspoken. His entire life was just littered with miracles, just phenomenal miracles that, that were going on throughout his entire life. And, and that's Elijah. And, and what happens is God calls Elijah, and he's like, you know, all the Israelites during this time, God's people had turned away from God. They started serving this false God, Baal, who had all these false prophets. And, and these false prophets were leading people astray towards worshiping these, these false gods, right? And so Elijah just gets fed up. And he's like, listen, you guys are dumb and your God is not real. And I'm going to prove it to you. And so he takes them up on top of this place called Mount Carmel. Okay, it's a real mountain. It's not made out of caramel. It's just called Mount Carmel. And um, he takes him up there and he says, listen, we're going to have a little test. Your God against my God. We'll find out who the one true God is. So he climbs up this mountain. He says, all right, listen, y'all go get the animal, okay? Let's, let's put him up on the altar. Build yourselves an altar to your God. Throw all the wood in there. You know, just go ahead and build it up. You know, do whatever you got to do to satisfy your God and make him think he's cool, okay? And like, and, and here's the thing. We will find out if your God or if my God comes down from heaven and consumes this sacrifice. Whosoever God shows up is obviously the real God. Now, it's Elijah all by himself and Hundreds of prophets of Baal. And lots of people who are on Baal's side. Um, the king and queen are actually on Baal's side. So the people that are ruling over the, the entire nation at that time are actually against Elijah. And so he, he's, he's up there and Elijah's like, you know what guys? Um, hey, I'm feeling generous. You go first. Okay? We'll let your God have, have, have first shot at it. Right? He gets up there. He rallies all the people around. And, you know, I, like I have this... When I, when I think about Bible stories and I play them back in my mind, they're very animated, right? And so I, I see Elijah just kind of sitting up there going, all right, guys, go for it. You first. Let's see what you got, you know? And, and so the guys are doing all their normal stuff. They're like singing worship songs to their false gods and doing this false worship. And they're, you know, they got all this stuff going on. And Elijah's like, hey, guys, maybe you're not singing loud enough. So you should sing louder, okay? Maybe, in fact, maybe your God's asleep. Wake him up, guys. Holler loud. Like, get loud with your word. You just need to wake him up. Maybe your God is tired. Maybe he's a God that gets tired, right? My God doesn't, but maybe your God does. Maybe you need to wake him up. They start hollering, hollering, you know. And he says, listen, I know. I got it. I got an idea. Maybe your God had to relieve him. He's in the little boy's room. That's, that's it. 
just yell loud. He'll hear you. He's taking a dump. He needs to get off the pot. You know, like, just holler really loud. That doesn't work. Well, hey, guys, um, maybe he's too busy to hear what you guys are doing right now. Maybe you need to catch his attention. Like, why don't you try, like, cutting yourselves? Why don't you try, like, yelling louder? Like, listen, you guys need to get flamboyant, all right? Like, make it big. Go big or go home, guys. Come on. Let's see it. Let's see what you got. Get your God's attention. And, of course, they do. They're going all crazy. And I can just see Elijah just kind of standing over there drinking his, you know, water and just watching. You guys done yet? No? Okay. Keep going. Still no God? Of course not, because false gods don't, re- don't respond, do they? <clears throat> and then, at the time for sacrifice for Elijah's God, see, Elijah's God had already spoken to the Israelites and said, hey, at 3 o'clock every day, I want you guys to make a sacrifice to me. Well, 3 o'clock comes around. And Elijah says, all right, guys, time's up. Um, my God said that my sacrifice needs to be made at this time, so um, give me a minute. Let me prepare the altar. Let me, you know, let me get everything ready for my God to show up. And, um, you know, hey, uh, all right, so we got the animal. We got the wood. Um, hey, those big, huge jars of water over there, you got four of them? Great. Bring those over here and dump them all over the wood and all over the sacrifice. And these guys were thinking, but... We're supposed to burn the sacrifice. That's what God's supposed to do, right? Like if he shows up, he consumes with fire. That, that, you know, go ahead and dump them on there. And then Elijah's sitting there. He's like, oh, I think you guys missed a spot. Go fill them up again. Bring it back over here. Listen, let's dig a trench so that none of the water escapes. If anything, it'll just puddle around the sacrifice. Go ahead and dump all four of the jugs of water on there again so we don't miss anything. Dumps it in there. You know, you can see it getting wet, man, it's soaked by night. Listen, guys, that's just not enough water. Go ahead and get some more water. Go fill it up again, okay? Just third time's a charm. Go for it again, right? Soak it. By now, the trench is like filled up with water. The, the sacrifice, the wood, everything is absolutely soaked. And Elijah, who's just witnessed all these guys sitting there going crazy, trying to get the attention of their God, turns around and prays a prayer that goes something like this. God, um, I know you're real. But they don't. You mind showing up here so that, you know, they'll know that you're still the God and that you still love them. And you, would you draw them back to yourself just by showing up over here? <laughs> and God totally consumes the sacrifice. If you go back and read the story, it literally says he dried up all of the water that they poured onto the sacrifice. Like And and I have no idea how this looked. One of these days when we get to heaven, we're going to get to watch like Elijah replays. You know, it's going to be like on Netflix, right? We're going to be watching. I'm going to be like, dude, I want to see this. Was it lightning? Was it just like, you know, how did this work out? I don't know. But it consumed the sacrifice, consumed the wood, consumed all the water that they had poured up. And Elijah's like, told you. Like, you know, what do you guys, I told you, your God's false. This is the one true God. And then he, he pulls this really bold move. I told you he's like over the top guy, right? He takes all these false prophets, leads them down to a valley, and has them all killed, okay? For leading people astray. Some of you guys are like, oh, wow. That's, okay, God doesn't do that anymore, at least not yet. Um, that won't come till heaven or hell. Um, get right with God. You want to be saved, okay? There's a better option, okay? 
Um, <laughs> Jesus is good. That way's not. All right. So um, he, he literally takes all these guys. He takes them and gets them slaughtered. Well, the queen hears about what's going on, this evil queen. And she's like, Elijah, listen, I'm coming after you. Yo. You killed all of my prophets. They were false prophets, right? And, and you killed them all. And now I'm really angry with you. So you got 24 hours, bro, because in 24 hours, I assure you, I'm going to end you. <clears throat> Elijah's like, I should probably run. She's the queen, right? You know, God did just like consume the entire sacrifice with fire, but I'm a little bit afraid. In fact, if you pick up what we're going to pick up tonight, um, we are going to, um, we're going to start in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. That doesn't sound like the dude who was just sitting on top of a mountain going, ha ha, I told you so. Maybe your God's on the potty. That doesn't sound like him anymore, does it? Literally, we're talking about a 24-hour time period max. And Elijah's running for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat on under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. So literally, in a day's journey, we see Elijah go from like the man to like emo selfie, right? Like just in no time, right? And and all this, like when it says he went and he laid down under the tree, have you ever, have you ever like dealt with like legit just being down, depression, like this, this instance where like I genuinely just want to go lay in bed right now? And do nothing all day. It's a sign of depression, right? And so he's, he's in this depressed state. God, just kill me. Just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done fighting. Like we just went and won this huge battle. And now I'm running for my life from this queen who doesn't like me. And it, he just, he's running from the evil queen. He's out there in the middle of nowhere. And then as he's laying there asleep, an angel of the Lord wakes him up. He says, listen, dude, get up and eat. Quit being so emo. Um, I've cooked you some hot bread over there, right? And have you guys, um, have you guys ever been to, uh, do you guys ever remember the bread guy at H-E-B? Anybody ever heard this guy before? He's like, whenever fresh bread comes out, he's like, the, he's like this dude with this booming voice. And he's like, he'll, he'll start hauling out, hot, fresh, baked bread. And he just like walks around the store singing it to tell everybody there's fresh bread, right? That's, all, that's how I picture this angel. He's coming up to Elijah going, hot, fresh, baked bread. Look, dude, I I built you a fire. Here's some bread. Here's some bread. Get up, dude. Eat, you know. And then, so he gets up and he eats. And then he, um, it happens again. (laughs) Elijah's like, "Eh, that was good. Just enough to take a nap, right? I'm just depressed. I go back to sleep. Angel comes back to him. He's like, listen, dude, get up. Here's some more food, okay? Eat your fill. Get on your journey. Go do what you're supposed to be doing. But he's depressed, right? And so you can kind of see the struggle in Elijah. An angel shows up to Elijah, okay? And Elijah knows what he's supposed to be doing, and it ain't running from this queen. And an angel shows up, builds a fire, cooks some food. He knows it's an angel. Happens twice before the dude finally listens to the angel. And the angel's like, get up, get out of here, go do what you're supposed to be doing, and he, uh, he runs off into the mountains 
finds a cave and starts sulking. <laughs> Goes the opposite direction. First Kings 19, 9 through 10 says, And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. You ever felt alone? Elijah's going, you know, God, you took out the fire, but I just don't feel very confident right now. You preserved me in front of a hundred prophets, but I don't know about the queen. You, you worked that awesome miracle. And in fact, you fed me through an awesome miracle for the last few days. And, and here we are a month later, and Elijah's going, God, they've killed all your prophets. I'm the only one left. And so literally, you see Elijah like perform these great miracles, but then turn right around. And he's like this depressed dude that is disobeying God. He's a prophet. And God responds a few verses later in 1 Kings 19, 18. He's like, listen, I know you're being all emo and stuff right now, but um, let me tell you some good news, okay? I've reserved 7,000 in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal. They've never kissed the Baal gods. They still believe in me. I know you think you're alone, but you're not. There are 7,000 just like you. And it's like in the midst of all this that Elijah is so focused on everything that's right in front of him, he never even realizes that in the background, God is orchestrating all of this other stuff that's going on. And what he didn't know is that it wasn't just him that God was preserving. There were 7,000 others just like him who loved the Lord. And the whole time that he thinks he's alone, God, kill me. I'm the only one left. And God's like, no, 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 dude. Listen, I've already driven the 18-wheelers under the bridge. You're not going to die. There are 7,000 just like you. Here's my encouragement tonight. I think we've all got a little bit of of an Elijah in us, don't we? There are times that we can totally focus on all the wrong things, think all the wrong things. We feel based on a lie. We feel terrible we feel depressed we feel down and we never realize that God's already driven the safety net right up under the bridge that we're standing on as I was thinking about this we we're totally okay with God speaking to us on like a Tuesday night in Chi Alpha right but we're quick to forget that like Man, earlier this semester, my life group guys, like, gave me a place to crash. You know what? My, my life group girls, man, they, they filled up my car when I didn't have any gas. I've got, I've got a bunch of people around me that helped me pay rent that month that I was a little bit behind. And we, we kind of forget about all the stuff that God is working in our midst, don't we? I think about just some of the things that are like consistently on you guys' minds. It's things like your grades at this time of year because we're wrapping up a semester. And my question might be, have you sacrificed 
time with the Lord to give it to grades, and, and are you now seeing that that wasn't a smart move? Right? Like, on the other hand, if we'll, if we'll honor God first and put some faith in God to help us with our grades and help us study the right things and help us remember the right things when the exams come, God can help us with our grades. Why? Because he loves blessing his children in, in their obedience, doesn't he? Finances, rent, fuel, food, all that stuff that comes along with paying next semester's tuition, right? The Lord knows all that stuff. He knows what you need, right? Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all in his righteousness and all of these things will be added. If you go back and look at all the things that are added, it's like stuff that we need to live. And Jesus is like, hey, seek first the kingdom. God's faithful to take care of all the other stuff. Right? Relationships. Man, I, here's what I'm willing to bet. Almost every single person in this room has felt like the weight of a romantic relationship at some point in this semester. It's either the weight of like, oh, this is, you know, this is brand new and, and I need to be on my best behavior. <laughs> right? Because I don't want to lose them before I get them. Okay? Let's set the hook. Okay? Or it's the weight of, God, I think I might have rushed into this. Is this you? Like, have you prayed about that relationship? Is this good to us and the Holy Spirit? Right? There's, there's all these different... Listen, I know that every single one of you came to college to get married, not get a degree. I get it, okay? I, I was there. It's our number one reason for being here. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, don't be unequally yoked. Do we have faith in God in these kind of instances? You know, man, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep your priorities first and I'm going to expect for you to bless me in this area. You know, it's, it's, it's tithing, bringing a tenth back to the Lord and going, God, I just, man, maybe it doesn't make sense on paper, but I'm trusting you that somehow you'll send an angel to bake some bread because I'm broke, right? Like, <laughs> I got no money for ramen, just something. Here's my encouragement tonight. I told you it was going to be short. I, even if you've messed up in any one of these areas or a number of other areas, right? I just want to remind you that God is consistently orchestrating a whole bunch of 18-wheelers to drive in under the bridge that you feel like you're on. He's consistently creating the safety net. And if we're just looking at life in general, he sent his son a long time ago. To become the safety net for every single one of us. That if we'll just obey him. If we'll just chase after him. If we, will, if we will do everything in our power to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. If we'll do that, Jesus will take care of the rest. And when we fall short in any one of these areas, Jesus offers forgiveness. The forgiveness that Jesus gave... We get to accept, and along with that forgiveness, listen, Jesus didn't just die on a cross. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. And because we serve the God who raises dead things to life, we can have new life. There's a promise in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that says when we turn to him, we can be forgiven and we can live a new life with him, with the Lord. So tonight, whatever your situation is, Whatever's going on, let me just remind you, God's still for you. 
And even if you don't feel it right now, even if you can't recognize it, recognize that he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's you. If you're saved in here tonight, that's you. You're his child. God has great plans for you. And he's orchestrating things you don't even recognize right now. So let me encourage you. Maybe tonight, some of you need to take that extra step of faith. Quit trying so hard to do it on your own and just recognize. Maybe I should pray about this. Maybe I should seek God's guidance in these areas. Maybe there's that one thing that's been stressing you out that you need to go, God, this is too heavy to handle. I'm giving it to you. Why? Because you're my Lord and Savior. You're my Heavenly Father that loves me more than I could ever imagine. I'm just going to trust you with it. He does a lot better with those things in his hands than we do with them in our hands anyway.